Welcome to day 26 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, David Keefe and Matt Kresge. Uh, we were talking yesterday after uh, we turned our mics off about how hard-hitting Jesus is, especially in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke is very honest with us about the cost of discipleship. It's trading everything for the one thing that is most precious. And so we hold our possessions loosely. We hold our life loosely. And uh, we have a singleness of heart and a singleness of mind as we follow after him. So we continue in Jesus' teaching in the second half of uh, Luke chapter 12, uh, where he calls us to be watchful and ready, you know, as the kingdom uh, approaches. So before we uh, read uh, today's reading and begin in the middle of uh, chapter 12, let's uh, offer this moment and offer ourselves to the Lord. Matt, do you mind yeah, leading us? Father, we um, thank you for your word and, and time together in it. Thank you for the technology and the, the medium to be able to um, study it together. We pray that you would use it to transform us into the image of Christ and uh, build us up in him. Uh, thank you for the passages that comfort and also convict. Um, God, would you do um, everything you desire to do through your word in us? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 and be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It'll be good for those servants whose master finds him watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It'll be good for those servants whose master finds him ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the son man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is a faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food and allowance at the proper time? It'll be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose a servant says to himself, My master is taking a long time in coming, and then he begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and to get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with a few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much more will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. I'm not come to bring, I have come to bring fire on earth and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo and with the, and what constraint I'm under until it's completed. Do you think I've come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, the division. From now on, there'll be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. They'll be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately say it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the present time? 
Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right as you're going with your adversary to the magistrate? Try to, hard to be reconciled on the way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge may turn you over to the officer, and the officer may throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you've paid every last penny. So even though this is under a section called warnings and encouragements, there's, there's, there's a lot of warnings. <laughs> there's a lot of warnings there. And so how would you summarize you know, the warnings of the, these passages? It's definitely a call to obedience you know, and a call to, to stay ready to do what the master has called you to do, you know, which I, I think part of the warning is to not do what we, we want to do. Um, the other warning is obviously judgment. You know, the judgment is coming when, you know, the master comes, there's, there's a coming judgment. Yeah, there's some servants that are going to get beaten, but that's not even the worst part. Some of them are going to get cut into pieces. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and uh, of course the images, you know, that he's using are, you know, uh, uh, images, you know, that uh, are, are full of hyperbole because we're talking about, you know, not just earthly servants. We are, we're talking about ultimate judgment, you know, as well. And, and of course, you know, the call here is not to get, you know, so caught up in things that you forget, mm-hmm. you know, the ultimate purpose to which you've been called and to forget, you know, what God has, has called you to do. And so you have, you know, the servant who has really been put in charge of everything in his master's house. And, you know, he, the first thing he does, I guess, is he finds a wine cellar and he starts, you know, drinking and starts beating other slaves and abusing other slaves. And it's kind of interesting, probably the most interesting part of the whole thing is he talks about a servant who has been put in charge to feed and give allowance to other servants and he does so and the master comes and finds him doing that and then the master this would have been unheard of in the ancient world ask him to recline at his table Mm -hmm. and he serves him which is uh, just a great reminder that our Lord you know came you know, not to be served, but to serve and to give himself as a ransom, you know, for many. So there is the encouragement of the passage mm. that, uh, well, we're called to serve him. He is first to serve to us. Yeah. And his banquet awaits us. Yeah. In verse 47, we get to see the picture of, you know, the servant who knows the master's will. So those people who, who know what God and what Christ has called him to and is not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows and even the one who doesn't know um, and does things deserving of punishment will be beaten with a few blows and so still that distinction like the things you know you should be doing and, and not doing and even those things that you don't know that you should be doing um, you know those things we should be seeking after and trying to learn and, and know them and so that that call to to not just have knowledge without action but you know to consider um, how we're living in light of what we know to be true of, of the scriptures and of the master. And of course the punchline you know, in that section or in that paragraph is from everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded and from the one who has been entrusted with much much more will be asked and of course we need to realize we all fall in that category that we have received many blessings mm-hmm. you know, from God and we go all the way back you know, to the you know, God's covenant with Abraham uh, not only did God say, I will bless you, but you will be a blessing, and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so God has not you know, just called us to be consumers, to enjoy his blessing, but He has called us to be a channel of his you know, blessing to others. And for those of us who have been blessed richly with a knowledge of Scripture, mm-hmm. 
And a lot of times we use our knowledge of Scripture to debate Scripture. And mm-hmm. so people, how much knowledge we have of Scripture, uh, really the, uh, the sign of our knowledge of Scripture is how, how well we serve, how well we serve others. Yeah. I remember, I think it was Francis Chan one time had this illustration that kind of, I think, goes along with this, where he talks about he asked his daughter, you know, suppose I asked my daughter to go clean her room. And she goes and she says, Dad, I, you know, organized a study where we actually looked into the Greek word for clean and room and, you know, those sort of things. And Francis Chan says, yeah, but did you clean your room? You right. know, that's what I asked you. I to wrote down do. everything you said and we've memorized it. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I mean. Uh, take 10 weeks to study what's it mean to clean your room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we've put it as a plaque on the wall. Um, but this is really, yeah. you know, the heart. And, and like I said, to me, the most interesting part is where it says, and the master will sit down, have him recline at the table, sit down and serve him, which is a, uh, you know absolutely beautiful picture of, of Christ. We, we serve because he is a servant, and uh, we serve him by serving others and by taking care of, of his servants. And, of course, this is especially, you know, true for us because that is our, our, our calling. Yeah. You know, our calling uh, our servants to God's servants, you know, as part of ministry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what we do. But everyone who follows Christ finds himself in that position. Yeah. Yeah, and we serve him, you know, in verse 40, with the expectation that he will come again. And we don't know the hour or the time or the date, you know, and, and maybe even like I get where some people maybe speculate towards that. Of like, man, I got to figure this out. And they, they maybe interpret this passage or other passages saying we should seek to know the time because he tells us to be ready, you know, but in the meantime as we're walking obediently i think that's the being ready yeah we we do wait you know with kind of a hopeful expectation that the lord will return and yeah that's that's going to be a glorious day when he does come right you know but it is also a day of of judgment yeah and and of course the injection of scripture is not you know work hard to figure out when he's coming so you can be ready when he's coming the injunction of scripture is just be ready yeah Mm -hmm. whenever he might come may he find you about and uh, you know that's kind of you know crazy because that's where we found jesus when he was 12 years old <laughs> in the father's house yeah. you know saying i need to be about the father's business that was at mm-hmm. 12 years old and of course that's what he's asking us to do here is to be found you know about his business yeah. when he comes and so what a great call for us to consider are we being about his business now are we fixated on on him and his kingdom and the things he's called us to do um in order to be faithful to that so there's so much to process i think when we consider that um but what a great call of jesus on us and then you know the reminder you know he moves you know from there uh to the reminder that uh following me is not going to be the most popular decision you ever make and uh you know i've not really come to bring peace but a sword and of course you remember that uh, you know from uh you know Simeon in the temple you know th- this this child will be the cause of the rise and the fall of many you know in in Israel and of course there will be a division created by those you know who who love him and those who who do not love him and actually hate those who do love him and of course the disciples are going to experience that Jesus himself is going to experience that on the way to the cross and, and we should expect to experience that to some degree. You know, we're not living in open persecution, but we should be so identified with Christ that uh, uh, we're not quite at home in this world. And then even thinking about that, I, 
you know, there's always those things where, you know, as you get older in the Christian faith or I've walked a little longer with, with Christ and, and in the word, you, you kind of look back and, you know, I don't know if this was always the gospel and the call of the Christian life presented to me when, when I was younger at times, you know, it was kind of a simple call of I could just accept Jesus, he'll be your savior, you're going to go to heaven, it's going to be great. And then we actually do dive in and especially in Luke's account of Jesus, he's capturing just the honesty of Jesus as he's calling people into the kingdom and into discipleship. He, he says, you're not going to have a place to lay your head. You know, as we talked about a few weeks ago, you're not going to, you're going to miss out. And even here, it, it's going to be divisive and unpopular. Yeah. And so he's so honest about what the call of following Christ looks like. And I think that's good news for us to consider again. It's interesting that almost uh, every New Testament, you know, book, you know, with, mm-hmm. a, with a couple of exceptions, uh, prepares us to suffer for the cause of Christ mm. and calls us to endure under suffering uh, you know in the same way that our our Lord endured you know for us that the way you know through exaltation is through is through suffering and of course that's certainly you know what he's you know bringing up here and he says you need to you know learn how to interpret the you know, signs of the time uh, you know I was just trying to think through my mind you know what are the signs of our time? Uh, I, I don't know that you know the signs of our time. You necessarily say that uh, you know Christ is coming back tomorrow, but the signs of our time do do say there is an urgent need for the gospel now. Uh, we live in a world that is polarized, and where people are angry, where the church is divided, and where people are, are angry, where we have small things that we are holding on so to so tightly that we can't let go and actually you know see god's grace you know the work in the life of the others and and so whether you know our time you know proclaims christ is coming right around the corner uh or simply proclaims there is a great need for people to stand for the gospel now we need to be you know up to the moment yeah. and uh, involved in the work of the gospel until until he does come and if he comes soon, that would be okay. <laughs> yeah. That would be just yeah. okay. And these passages for me just remind me of my need of grace, you know, because as much as I want to remain watchful and obedient at all times, there's times I'm not, and there's times I find myself doing my own things, you know, and seeking my own kingdom and my own will and repenting of those things. There's times where I want Jesus to only be about peace and my peace, you know, not necessarily his peace. Cause, and I think that's the tension. Maybe this is one of those passages that's difficult because you have other times where Jesus is, he's the prince of peace. Or he says, you know, like the gospel brings peace. And yet here he's like, I didn't come to bring peace. So you have to kind of reconcile what, what kind Absolutely. of peace are we looking for. And there's eternal peace, you know, internal yeah. peace in the middle of conflict. And but there the was one thing, yeah, yeah, they all yeah, look for. Yeah. But there is one thing the Bible never promises us, and that's an absence of conflict. Yeah, uh, with you know, with the world around us, yeah. our values are you know completely different. So strong passage, strong warnings, mm-hmm. and nevertheless, the part of the gospel. And you're right, the part of the gospel we need to hear. Uh, we have so separated in our culture, uh, you know, coming to Christ uh, to be forgiven of our sins and taking up our cross in order to follow Christ. And the two of them never should have been separated. It's not, you know, about, you know, getting saved, I guess is the way we talk about it, yeah. on the one hand. And then discipleship is optional for, you know, really serious people. And the call of Jesus, you know, for everyone was to be a disciple and to follow him, which meant denying yourself and taking up the cross mm-hmm. and following him. David, why don't you ask close out uh, the day for us with a word of prayer. Yeah, let's pray. Oh, Father, as we come before your word, um, 
uh, I see in myself all of my shortcomings and all of my failures and all of my sin. And so, Father, I'm so thankful for your grace. I'm so thankful that you have not left us, you have not forsaken us, but you have given us your spirit. And that is um, what carries us through. And so, Father, may we be watchful. Um, may we be wise managers. May we not um, take advantage of these times. And may we be found um, faithfully working for you. Um, may we understand the call of the gospel and how it will be divisive and it will be difficult. Um, but Father, may we uh, urgently um, take the gospel to our neighborhoods, our friends, um, our, our workplaces. Um, Father, stir within us, renew within us uh, an affection for you and for your kingdom and for your gospel. And we pray this all in the great name of Jesus. Amen.